When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now on Giddy Up, it's time for Stable Mail. And great to catch up with Vin Cox, the boss of Cadolphin here in Australia. And uh, one of my favourites, and our favourites, no doubt about that, is Af Cabin. And he resumes in the Eskimo Print Stakes on Saturday afternoon. And Vin joins us now. Good morning to you, Vin. Yeah, good morning, Gareth. Uh, yeah, no, as, like you, we're pretty excited to have him back and, and very much looking forward to Saturday. We had Johnny O'Neill and Wayne Hawks on the means test yesterday. and We're going through our horses that we think will be the superstars after the summer slash autumn carnival. And all three of us had AF cabin. Um, and it's probably a little bit disrespectful to Adamo as our, our number one seed, but there's just something special about this son of a stern. Well, everyone likes a shiny new toy, they and, do. Um, and uh, he hasn't uh, been fully exposed at this stage. So, yeah, I mean, uh, and rightly, so I can understand why the three of you have put, put him in on your list. Um, we, there was a lot of unfinished business out of the spring, and uh, hopefully uh, we can deliver uh, during the autumn campaign. So, look, we're very excited to have him back, and uh, he's a horse that we've got an extremely high opinion of, and... Um, and yeah, so looking forward to seeing where we can finish up through now, the autumn. We've been to the Magic Millions. We're at Caraca there during the week, and we're just looking at these size that we can get some terrific value for money. And my my producer Jackson France, he loves his breed, and he nearly blew me away when he said that we can we can go to a stern for sixteen thousand dollars. Surely that's not right, Vin. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it was for last season. It may not be for next season. Yes. But, yeah, the Stearns um, really stepped up to the plate. Uh, when you've got horses of the calibre of Aft Cabin and, and Gold Mile, who's already Group 1 winner and came back last weekend um, in the Open Age Way for Age Race Expressway Stakes, uh, it all goes well for the progeny of a Stern. So, uh, no, we're excited at uh, where he's heading. And uh, you got 120-odd mares to the, to the stadium last season. And... Uh, his future looks pretty bright. So put it this way: if you went to him last year for sixteen thousand dollars, it is we. It's like the extreme choices that went through the sale, say um, uh, this year. Like you, you would have got the the service fee for twenty two thousand, averaging what three hundred odd thousand. Sometimes you can get lucky in life, and if you went you to a stern last year, you'd be pretty happy. Yeah, you'd be writing the ticket quick. Yes. You're writing the check quick, smart. So. <laughs> so, is he booked out? Can we still get into him? Well, I mean, the season's finished, obviously, for last year. Yes, um, but um, but next yeah, year. I mean, we haven't we haven't taken bookings for, for the next season. Oh, but uh, yeah, well, there's a little bit of water to go under the bridge. We'll um, see how after Cabin and. Golden Mile and others go through the autumn and uh, we'll set his fee um, probably around Easter time, somewhere around that. How do you do that? How do you set his fee? This... Oh, look, it's just all relative to, to how the market perception is of him, how, yep. what, uh, how his progeny are going on the track, what the market's telling us about him, whether it's in the yearling ring or uh, prospective broodmare, broodmare owners wanting to go to the stallion. So um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great model in as far as supply and demand. So uh, if you get your price right, uh, you'll get a good, solid 
uh, book of mares. If you get it wrong, uh, very too expensive. You won't you won't get the numbers, and if you if you're too cheap, you'll get absolutely swamped. So yeah. it, um, it's it's the Goldilocks theory. You've got to get it just right. And just, I'm fascinated by this last question on this. So does Sheikh Mohammed think well? I've got an absolute dead set superstar here as a bull. Um, or does he does he do it this way? Like you've got Duda, uh, Microphone and Tudan Hod who have had great success as first season size at Dali. Does he go, I want to put some of my best mares to the first season size to give them an opportunity and then let the rest look after itself? Or does he go now, well, I want to make sure I book more of my horses to a stern here. Um, how does that all work? Um, well, it's, it's just a case of sort of balancing out uh, what our broodmare band is. Yeah. Um, obviously, we've got some seriously nice mares and um, some very good up-and-coming young stallions and horses that haven't got runners on the track, and we've got proven brigade of stallions. So um, balancing that out in the interest of, of, of ex, you know, ex, giving the, the stallion roster the best opportunity. Uh, and so we like to to support our young stallions um, and, and, and try and prove them so that, so that the, the broodmare owners that are supporting them otherwise are, are going to get that um, sort of indirect, well, indirect support um, from our racetrack performance. So yeah. there's, a, there's a, bit of, a bit in all of that. Um, uh, so it's a combination of everything. Now, it's a fascinating game, especially the breeding game. I've enjoyed it since... Um, we've been here at SEN Track, especially going to the sales. It is a, a game within a game, um, really, when it comes to this industry. So looking forward to the classic sale already at Inglis in just over, what, a month's time or under a month's time now, a couple of weeks away. Um, anyway, we yeah. need to – yeah, it's not far away. It happens pretty quickly. <laughs> exactly. No, it's that time of year when it's, every second week there's a, there's a yelling sale on. What about Af Cabin? Can he win the Eskimo Prince first up? Um, look, we'd love to say he can, but you know it's not going to be it's certainly not his grand final uh, yeah. at this time of his of his campaign. Uh, but look, he's he's been trialling very well. The team's extra happy with him. Um, you know, we we think we've got him pretty right to uh, to step him off. And and as I say, it's not grand final day. Um, there's there's bigger fish to fry, but but he he will acquit himself very well. What will be his big grand final this preparation, Vin? Um, well. With the, those two colts, those two astern colts, Golden yep. Mile and, and Af Cavan, uh, we've got the, the Ramwick Guineas and the Australian Guineas at Flemington on the same day. Uh, so we'll, we'll definitely split the two of them up. They won't compete against each other in those Guineas races. And likely at this stage, and things can change, it's Golden Mile uh, will be at Flemington and Af Cavan will be at Ramwick. So uh, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's an exciting prospect for, for those two Colts. And, you know, normally I'm not a fan of, of those, those Guineas races being on the same day or even within a week of each other. But perhaps this year we might be able to uh, uh, just turn a blind eye to it. <laughs> what about Andermatt? He goes around in the Yarraman Park handicap over the 1,000 metres. Were you happy with him first up the other day? Yeah, look, he was he was he was okay. He was quite good. He's a you know he, he's a horse that's promised a lot, and you know now it's time he's really got to deliver. So, yeah. um, you know he's he's back in the winter time on those really wet tracks. He looked like a superstar. Uh, so we're just hoping he's not necessarily a, a one-dimensional horse that he can really um, live up to the, the promise that he showed back in, back in the middle of last year. And you decided to run Yoshino in the second race at Randwick, the son of Lonro, um, this three-year-old. He's at an each-way price. Your, your thoughts about his chances? 
Oh, yeah, well, he's a, yeah, he's a, he's a good each-way chance, yeah. absolutely. Again, uh, we've had a, a reasonable opinion of this horse. I won't say we have him in the aft cabin or gold mile class, but, but he's a horse that, um, that, that we think can, can, can um, win some nice races. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure that it's the high-end stakes class, but he might be a, a lower-grade stakes type of horse. And with Sulphur K, you've got him in, in Sydney and also in Melbourne. He was impressive winning on debut there at Flemington, so he's already had a couple of starts, the son of Exceed and Excel. Where do we get to see him on Saturday? He'll, he'll, he's on the, it's probably already down there by now, yep. uh, but he's on his way to Melbourne. Okay. Um, so, yeah, look forward to seeing him there. He's a, yeah, He won very, very well first up. Uh, he's a very promising colt. He's trialled really well um, and back down to Melbourne and hopefully get him into the Blue Diamond. Yeah, that is exciting. Who would be your, your number one Blue Diamond um, horse at the moment. Obviously, you've got Barb, who's very, very good, and he's already down there in Melbourne. He looks like to be your number one seed there. I would say so, yeah. just on, on revealed form. Uh, he'll race Saturday week, is it, in the prelude? Yeah. Um, and then into the Blue Diamond. Uh, we have a Muir who may end up in the Blue Diamond, but I'm not sure he's brilliant enough for a Blue Diamond, but but he may end up there. Uh, yeah, then we've got Zolfika, um, and, and you know, a couple of others coming through the ranks. So uh, it's an exciting time of year, and hopefully we can can, can and be at the thick end of those Group 1 um, two-year-old races. And talking about a Stern, I've got one of my favourite. She hasn't won yet, but I reckon she's well above average in Paracel. She goes around in the second race tomorrow night on the Kensington track in Sydney. Are you happy with her? Yeah, she's a filly with well above average ability. Yep. Uh, so, uh, again, <laughs> she's promised us a lot. and We need to see it on the track, but uh, we, we do have a lot of time for her and we're expecting to run very well tomorrow. All right, we'll put a lid on her, but she does look awfully hard to beat. And you've been happy with the way Animo's trialled up in, um, ahead yes, of his preparation? Uh, he, yeah, I was sort of handled bars down the other day in the, in the barrier trial last Friday. Uh, he'll kick off uh, Saturday week in the Apollo. Um, and yeah, hopefully he can have a, an equally as good campaign as he did back in the spring. But um, he looks extra well. And James McDonnell actually came out of the trial saying he's never trialled better. So uh, what that means, I'm not sure. But hopefully it does sound very promising. And when you talk, people listen, Vin. So I want to get your opinion, okay, if this is okay, on the situation, what's happening in Melbourne with our spring carnival. And it caused terrific debate once again with Johnny O'Neill, who's one of our biggest owners, and Wayne Hawks, of course, yesterday and our listeners are some are divided some say well if it's the cox plates on in that time of the year we don't care we'll we still love it and we'll have a punt and others say don't change tradition where do you sit with all of this i oh, look given that i'm on the board of the vrc it's probably best i don't make any comment okay, um yes. so i'd rather not if that's all right Gareth. yep no problems Vin. I thought yeah. I'd do my job and ask as a journalist, but I forgot you're on the board. You're, you're on, you've got more, you've got a few hats on these days, but I appreciate your time as always. And I, I've got an inkling, I know what your response would be, um, but I appreciate your time as always, mate. And uh, good luck this weekend, especially with AF Cabin. Good man, Gareth. I appreciate it very much. There's Vin Cox, he's a star, and um, he's great with his time. And Dali, as I keep on saying, along with Cadolphin, they do a wonderful job um, supporting and and marketing this game with their with Vin and, and James Cummings and um, their team and their, their social media team. They just do a wonderful job. So AF Cabin back at the races is exciting for everybody and can't wait to see what he can do this summer slash autumn. 16 minutes past eight. We'll take a break and come back with Michael Hawke straight after this. Oh, here we are, here we are, here we are. 
giddy up on this Thursday morning. Great to be with you. Gareth Hall, Stable Mail, and it's great to catch up with our great mate, Michael Hawks, who joins us here to go through the Stables Runners on a Saturday afternoon. And uh, some of their big guns are definitely coming back um, to the races and looking forward to seeing horses like Remark and Sebenyak go around at Randwick on a Saturday afternoon. Good morning to you, Michael. Paul, how are we? I am very well, mate. What's Rose Hill looking like today? Not a bad day today. It's a little bit of a little bit of scattered cloud, but there's blue skies at least, and it's not raining, so that's probably a positive thought. <laughs> what a, at Randwick today? You got Aravine going around on, not today on Saturday. Timmy Clark takes the ride um, over the thirteen hundred meters in that contest. Um, what can you tell us there? Yeah, she's a mare we've picked up obviously from Melbourne, and uh, obviously Kennedy Racing own her and. You know, she's got some form up here in Sydney and uh, look, quality mare. Um, she's done everything right going forward. It's a nice starting point for this race, 1,300. It's a benchmark. We've just aimed a little bit low with her to start with, but the trial was really good. Can't fault her and think she'll run super. Excited to see what Remark can do. We all know how much ability he's got. Um, and he goes around in the fifth race, that benchmark 94 over the 1,000 metres. <laughs> I want to ask you about Timmy Clark. So he picks up the ride, but I remember you having a chat to us and other media organisations regarding this horse, and you said one of the keys to him has been Huey Bowman, but there's no Huey this time around. Um, the reason why Timmy gets the steer? Oh, look, obviously um, he tried well the other day. Yeah. Um, you know, he's always had a, we've always had a massive opinion of the horse, and everyone knows that it's well documented. You know, he was in the slip of favouritism early days, but... It's just really started to come to hand, and obviously Huey got on really well with him, but as we all know, Huey's in Hong Kong, so next best thing, Tim Clark, and we decided to put Tim on him. Uh, he's got some weight, albeit his trial was outstanding. He's uh, come back bigger, stronger, better, and it's a great starting point. He's now, thousand yeah. metres and a distance you'll love. He's now a gelding, so um, obviously owned by Arafield. He was a beautifully bred galloper, his son of Snitzel. How far do you think he can go this preparation? Uh, as far as distance-wise, he's more your sprinter, Gareth. That's what he is. But I bet what about, can he reach at group one level? I, I, I was um, about to say, before yeah. you cut me off, ability-wise, that's two different things. So, yeah. um, you know, he's uh, he's always had the potential of a group horse, and we're obviously hoping to get him back to that standard. You know, his, his last run in the Sydney Stakes all went pear-shaped, and uh, we had a crack at it, didn't come off, but in saying that, as I said, this time round, I think uh, we're going to see a different horse, and uh, who knows where he might end up. He'll uh, hopefully end up in a few of those bigger races. We uh, They're all on the table at the moment, but first and foremost, Saturday, um, you know, just a nice little benchmark starting point, albeit he has weight, but as I said, he's definitely a group uh, group one horse, that's for sure and certain. It's just about how we get there. That is exciting. Sebenyak's also had the snip. Um, he's a gelding. How's he come back? Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, honestly, we uh, we needed to geld him. Uh, he was starting to go the wrong way. and Obviously, being a group winner, it's very hard to deal with a colt. But you know what? Uh, the owners have been good and they've decided to let us do what we need to do to get this horse back. And his trial was super. We actually beat Remark in the trial and He's actually gone to another level, this bloke, but um, yeah, he's got no weight Saturday. He's on the minimum. It's a nice starting point as well, and the horse is going really good. And they're, look, they're both great chances. They're both two ends of the scale. One's top weight, one's bottom weight, but as long as they get their right run. But I'm, I'm very happy with the way he's come back, and I think he's even going to be better, hopefully, next preparation again. They always tend, tend to be once they've been gilded. 
But uh, I can't fault him this prep, and he's, uh, he's stepping out Saturday in good order. And we all know the business that we're in, especially Team Hawks, who have had a wonderful history of turning Colts into stallions. Um, but when you get horses like Sebenyak and Remark that needed to be gelded um, despite their breeding, um, how long, like, when is it too late to geld these type of horses? Look, it's never too late to geld them. You just got to yep. know when to geld them. That's yep. the that's the the question that needs to be asked because you have to treat them as individuals, which we do. Um, Remark obviously had a breathing problem, and with that, obviously we decided to to geld him because it was the last draw. He wasn't focused, and then he came back after his gelding and and won first up at Rose Hill and beat another talented horse in ours in Clemenceau and. You know, Sebenak's much that same sort of mould, even though he'd won the group race. I know everyone wants Colts. We love Colts as well. We love making them. It's what we do. We've made a lot of them and successful at it. But you've got to have a racehorse, Gareth, before a Colt. And unfortunately, a lot of people put the Colt before the racehorse. So mm. to get them back is, 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 a, is a challenge, um, especially if they have gone too far. But... You know, there's that imaginary line we use that every horse is different. It's like a speedo in a car. You decide on where it's at at the right time. And our stable especially, unless we say gelding, we don't bother. But when we do say it, it means something. What about Yukon? Should we put him into our qualities at a big price (laughs) over the 1800? One of the owners actually texted me and said, what's wrong with him? He's massive odds. I said, nothing. Did you see his trial? He said, I did. He went great. Um, Look, he's a very hot and cold horse, but Yukon, he's been a, a great advocate of ours. He always runs a, a nice, genuine race. He's massive odds, yes. Of course, put him in your, in, your, in your multiples. Can't fault him. Coming off the trial well, distance that suits. If the right Yukon turns up, he's going to be right there, but he should have a lovely running transit. and He's, uh, he's, he's a genuine chance. And Stromboli gets an inside gate here over the 1,200 metres in the final event on Saturday at Royal Randwick. Yeah, been a bit hot and cold, but he's just been really plagued with probably track issues as far as just not really liking the wet ground. I know his form is one on a heavy track, but he only won that day at Kensington, I think it was, for memory. He, He just beat probably an inferior field to him, to be fair. So he's drawn the right gate. He's going to have a decent track. Um, you know, the horse is flying. I'm pretty happy. He's a fresher horse when he needs to be, and we've kept him that way, and I can't fault him. So he's a, he's a genuine chance as well. In Melbourne, Wayne's put the polish on fire and also for Cheetah Sand. First of all, fire, he's well above average. He's first up. Your expectations there at Sandown? Yeah, he went super up here in a trial. He just he jumped out, got back, relaxed well really surged to the line and we just decided to send him to Melbourne. It's probably about programming really, Gareth. You know, sometimes Melbourne have a little bit better programs than Sydney and vice versa. Sydney do than Melbourne and that's the advantage of our operation, I suppose. We've got the both states that we can do that and uh, he's just a really, he's a good horse. Um, I know he's had a bit of ups and downs but just being by Fastnet, he's just taking his time to come to hand. Another one that we gelded early and had to because he went the wrong way. And hopefully he's starting to get a repay us this preparation. But we're only taking small steps with him. But he's going to be uh, very hard to beat. I know the, the favourite there, um, Nick Christ. Yeah, inundation. They do like it. Yeah. They do like it. But 
Yeah, fire's, fire's pretty good and he's going to be hard to beat. And Fachita San goes around in race number six, the Girlwood Classic over the 1300. I didn't mind his jump out the other day and Oliver rides here as well. Yeah, it went super. Obviously, last time, um, you know, we headed towards the bigger races. But once again, we've just tried to come back and peel it back a bit and get his uh, confidence back in order. And his jump out was super. Um, hit the line great and lovely starting point. Big track. Won there before. And obviously, the 1300 is going to really suit. So he's, uh, he's hopefully in for a nice preparation. But once again, just peeling it back trying to get the confidence with the win on the board going forward. Now, Michael, every time Wayne comes on, we all ask him for his best, and he always goes, oh, I don't know, um, they're all great chances. And we always ask him, what does bloody Michael want? Can you just text him? He's the he's the man that knows. So um, <laughs> I've got you on the line today. Who's your best? Um, I'd probably have to say Fire, um, yep. only because I think he's uh, a horse with the improve. And, um, but look, honestly... You know, you've got Lamarck there, you've got Aravine first up, Fajita Sand. They're all in the mix, but it's, look, I do like Fire. I think he's probably a nice chance in a race like that where big track will suit and he'll hit the line strong. Now, as Johnny already said to Wayne, you better get this horse on the float because the son of Dundee, Fist of Fury, <laughs> boy, it was impressive the other day. They don't do what he, he did there on Dubu off a slow speed to get the job done, and he's that good, this horse. Even Wayne tipped him at $9. Yeah, oh, you got it right for once. You got to get it right every now and again. <laughs> Jared, you know that. But he's a serious horse. <laughs> yeah, he is. Um, look, to be fair, Damien rode him perfect the other day, and I know yeah. Wayne said that on on your program as well, or on the radio after or the TV after the race. But they're the times when you need to help horses get to the line, and they're only babies; they're still learning. You know, he he hit the line with authority. Once he got balanced up. The last 100 was his best. He just sort of shot through. So he's a really nice horse. He's still learning his craft, obviously. He's only had the one start for a win, but there's no reason why he couldn't do it again. He's uh, he's going really good, that horse, and uh, hopefully it's onwards and upwards for him and for the future. So when do we get to see him next? Yeah, we're just debating at the moment where he is and where he's at. So, um, look, he may end up back up here in Sydney, okay. and uh, he's still in Melbourne at the moment. But, look, it's exciting times. You're, you're trying to place these horses at their best obviously with the two-year-olds and you know we all get carried away sometimes about their first start but it's one thing dad's always taught Wayne and I it's not about their first start it's about their second so we'll just take it nice and easy and spring him up but he's a really nice horse going forward you're a good man great insights Michael we appreciate your time here on SEN track and giddy up thanks mate talk soon he's a star Michael Hawks there 832 news time Giddy up in the stable mail, Gareth Hall with you. Jason Warren's about to join us. Catherine Coleman, the assistant trainer to Peter Moody, and then Darren McCall has got the Velvet Queen in the feature event in WA on Saturday. So looking forward to catching up with the DMAC. Um, we're starting off a bit of a challenge today. It's called the 10K Challenge. Now, we might have to get this passed through from management, but um, myself and Huey Fitzpatrick, our digital editor, came up with this. Well, Huey did. Um, so you start with $10, only $10, and we do this once a week. If you lose your $10, we're out, and then we'll go back again next week. So we, we make sure that we gamble responsibly, one 858 The whole idea is trying to pick out a good thing of the day, around the $2 mark. And so you have $10 on, I don't know, um, $2.10 chance at the trots that we think can lead all of the way, and then we win 20 and we go up 40 And if we do that 10 times, we get to 10000 
Now, because we've got Bet365 accounts, we can cash out, get our money back at certain times um, and have a little bit of fun. So let us know if you want to play this game with us, 0499 736 736. And maybe you have a horse for us to kick off proceedings to get off the mark. 0499 736 736. We'll take a break. On the other side of it, we'll be catching up hopefully with Catherine Coleman, Jason Warren, and also Darren McCall. If this is Stable Mail on this Thursday morning. This is Giddy Up and this is Stable Mail and it's great to catch up with WA's favourite girl and the heart and soul behind the Peter Moody organisation, Catherine Coleman. Good morning to you, Kath. Thanks for joining us on Giddy Up on this no. Thursday. Yeah, very good on this Thursday morning out at Pakenham. Yes. It's been a lovely morning out here. Sounds like it's just God's country out there at Pakenham. It is. The only complaint we've had lately is the flies. They're a little bit too okay. friendly out here. But um, other than that... Worse than WA, the flies. I don't think they're quite that bad, but these soft Victorians here, they don't really know how good they've got it. That's the problem. <laughs> what about Mullane? Can he win first up at Sandown on Saturday? Yeah, he's come back in really good order, this Colt. He's just probably a, you know getting a little bit big and burly as he gets a bit older. So whatever he does on Saturday, he's probably going to improve from with this run under his belt. But we've been happy with him. We've actually put the blinkers on him this time. We just found they sharpened him up a little bit in his work on Tuesday. So, um, like I said, whatever he does first up, I'm sure he will improve upon, but happy with how he's going into it. Just check if Hennessy Lad's still in his box. I wonder if he's got out from the other day yet. <laughs> yeah, he uh, was, it was a little bit of a tough watch, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. But I think through any, um, you know, through no rider fault or anything like that, no. it was just the way he played out and... Ben sort of did everything um, possible to try and get him out of that out of that pocket, and unfortunately, it just didn't play out. So he's come. It was a pretty soft run for him in the end because, like I said, he certainly wasn't extended um, or asked for an effort late in the race. So he's come through it really well. Work on Tuesday was good. Um, just like you know, needs a, a little bit of luck in running, but I think the track should suit him a bit better as well. Elegant Diva goes around in the fourth race over the 1,300 metres. Um, what did you make of her effort first up there the other day? She was okay. She probably got in the wrong part of the track um, and being the straight track as well possibly didn't suit her, but it was just a good a good day out for her, good to get that run under her belt, a um, little bit more fitness into her. So I think, um, I think she's definitely better suited around the bend at Hillside um, and looking forward to seeing her probably just, just stretch out a little bit further in trip as well. And Victory Bay goes around over the seven furlongs. The Hillside track should suit Victory Bay as well, you would imagine, this son of So You Think. Yeah, no, definitely. He's um he's doing a he's doing such a good job this horse. He's so consistent. He just needs to win another race now. Um, but his last few runs they've all been full of merit. He's just been a little bit unlucky, or perhaps he's gotten into the wrong spot where you know the best part of the track is that day. And um, anyway, the winkers go on him. Nose roll off. Winkers on. A few little gear changes like that, which might hurt the boss. But anyway. Um, is that your decision or the boss? The boss has been in New Zealand, I would imagine. So that's your decision there, Catherine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so whenever the nose roll comes off, I think that we see a few tears from from PG Moody. But um, 
<laughs> no, all, all said tongue in cheek. But anyway, the, like I said, nose roll off, winkers on. Um, I think that'll hopefully just give him a little bit of sharpness that he's, that he's possibly been lacking just to hopefully get the job done. I don't know. I caught up with the boss there the other day in New Zealand and he's just a, I don't think he's ever been in a better place since I've known the great man. Um, I don't know if it was because Waikato Stab, Stab were looking after him after I wish I win or he was looking after them, but um, he just seems to be in a happy place. I'd probably, um, I'd probably say it's all, all you, Kay Coleman. Oh, look, I'm happy to claim that, but also I think you might be right. He's probably, he's a bit of a king over there at the moment, yeah. you know. <laughs> he goes over there and Waikato just think he's yeah. God's gift. Yes. So, um, he's... <laughs> He's in good hands over there, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, he, he enjoyed the tent there. I think he he was up there nice and early looking at horses, trying to find his next champion. But as soon as the bar opened, he was first there as well. So uh, he's a great man. Um, what horse were we up to? We talked about Daytona Bay yet? Um, I don't no, think we have. Uh, yep. uh, first up, geez, I liked his trial the other day. He's come back super, this horse. I'm really happy with him. His work on Tuesday was great. Um, I think he goes there in really good order. You know, he's sort of he's done enough work here that I think he's he's forward enough in condition to run well first up, and I'm really happy with him. I think he's probably our pick of the weekend. I like that push. So that's Daytona Bay in race six. You got a couple of chances in uh, the Balmain Stakes for Bidden City and Diamonds in the Sky. Your thoughts there? Yeah, Diamonds in the Sky. I think we've just barred the straight track for her. She was pretty. Plane last start at Flemington, but prior to that, she'd been running enormous. She only had one other go um, up the Flemington straight and didn't fire that day either. So I think we've just worked out she's a horse that's better around a bend and um, we'll just keep her races, um, you know, that way from, from now on. So looking to see her bounce back, um, you know, work since then has been good, seems in good order, just a, a lovely, consistent mare to have around the stable. And Forbidden City um, comes back a little bit in distance. Thought perhaps last time um, she maybe was just did a little bit too well between runs. Maybe got a little bit. She's a, a lovely big strong mare and perhaps she just got got away on us a little bit and did a little bit too well in the feed bin and maybe went there a bit big. So anyway, she seems in really good order. Her work on Tuesday was good. Um can't fault her going into it. So, you know, looking to sort of see her bounce back from last start as well. Can the Camperdown form come come to the fore in that eighth race at Sandown with Ryan and Rose? Yeah, we'll just play it by ear a little bit. We're still umming and ahhing as to whether he takes his place there on Saturday or not. He did a, a huge job in the Camperdown Cup and actually pulled up with a little bit of a, a foot abscess after that, which... He seems to have come through well, but we'll just continue to monitor him and make sure we're 100% happy with him before he, he definitely takes his place because, um, you know, he's a horse that he's done a... He's doing a great job and his future's all ahead of him, so we'll just look after him and make sure, um, you know, we're doing the best thing by him. You've got a couple of really nice chances at the Valley. Um, missed I'm a believer. I'm a believer after his last start effort. And also you've got Star Magic and Foxycon engaged. Do you ever stand out there, Catherine? Yeah, Mr. I'm a Believer, he's a, a really nice progressive horse. I was so looking forward to seeing him at Cranbourne last week until the races were abandoned. So um, we've had to wait another week, and I believe, um, unless something's come out this morning, that we're still waiting for one mm. scratching there before we gain a start. So um, 
hopefully he gets a run because he's in really good order, this horse, and he's just he's a lovely big progressive stayer and he's just going to get better as the trips stretch out. So um, fingers crossed we get a run with him. Foxycon, she's trialled up really well, this preparation. Um, seems a more mature horse than last time. 9.55, little scamp around the valley from that barrier one. Um, if she can sort of begin cleanly and get herself, get herself into a good spot, then, then it could suit her. Could get a little bit ugly if we sort of don't. But um, the way that she's been trialling, hopefully we can um, hopefully we can run well there. And Star Magic, consistent. Um, she's just probably taken a little bit of racing to really get her fitness there, but she should be rock hard now. She just ran into one better last time. So fingers crossed we can get the job done there with her. But I'd say um, providing he gets a start, then Mr. I'm a Believer um, is probably our, our pick of them there. Now, Catherine, you did mention what the best for the weekend was, but just for our TikTok, um, we need you to say it again for us. So what's your best Catherine Coleman over the weekend? For all your TikTok followers, yes. Gareth, our <laughs> is Daytona Bay. <laughs> Thank you, Kay Coleman. Have a wonderful day. Keep up that wonderful job that you're doing there at PG Moody. Um, since the boss has been away, you've just been training winners for fun. So full credit to yourself. And, um, yep, we'll see you at the races. Good luck. Thanks very much, Gareth. She's a star, Catherine Coleman. We'll take a break. On the other side of it, Darren McAuliffe. We'll head out to Western Australia, catch up with Darren and get the thoughts on the Velvet Queen, who will be awfully hard to beat in that feature event in Perth on Saturday. Well, it's all right. This man lives a life that he pleases. He's one of the great characters, one of the best trainers that I've come across. He's from WA. He's the man that breeds all of his own horses. He races them and he has success and he's got a beauty in the Velvet Queen, I speak of the man that they call D-Mac, Darren McAuliffe. G'day, Darren. Good morning, mate. Morning, mate. How are you? Good, thank you. The Wildcats um, will be all right. We'll be playing finals this year, which is great. Yeah, well, uh, might be a bit of a waste of time. Oh, I reckon we're a chance. You never know. Finals is a different ball game. The Kings, obviously, are the team to beat. Um, and Cairns are going okay. But I think it's wide open than previous years. Yeah, I think the title's done and dusted. I think uh, Sydney's got that all wrapped up. But, um, yeah, they've shown steady improvement throughout the rest of the late part of the season. So, uh, but yeah, they're probably still missing a big man, you know. Yeah, uh, that is um, a, a great appraisal from you because you are the toughest market when it comes to the Wildcats. But what about the Velvet Queen? She's a beauty. Um, can she win again on Saturday? I'd like to think so. She's certainly not gone backwards in her training. And um, same sort of field, uh, good speed in it. She's drawn nicely. She should get the same sort of run along as she got the other day. And, you know, I think a mile and 1,800 is probably her pet distance. So, um, yeah, look, I can't see why she couldn't win. Um, obviously, the temperature is the big issue over here at the moment. They're sort of saying they're going to put the races back to maybe Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, uh, the forecast here from what I've seen this morning, 39 Saturday, 39 Monday, uh, Sunday. So uh, not really sure what they're going to do. What's your theory with that? Because, um, you know, your horses and your, Mrs. McAuliffe, your beautiful wife's a vet. So um, how do you, so with the heat policy, do you think we need to have one in, in thoroughbred racing? What's your philosophy on this? Well, I think we could sort of have a bit more of a proactive approach uh, 
you know, at cooling stalls areas, um, you know, even behind the gates, you might see at Hong Kong, you know, with fans and misters and stuff like that. Uh, certainly, you know, the new policy they've got with the parading in the back parade ring, it's, it's uh, a lot better because, as you'd know, Gareth, like that, that front parade ring at Ascot there with the rubber sort of matting that you walk on, I mean, it just attracts the heat and it's just stinking hot. You're sheltered from the grandstand and, uh, yeah, it's very, very hot down there and it's, it's a lot better if you can just sort of saddle them up, walk them straight to that first pre-parade ring, get on the track, just go straight to the gates. But, um, look, there's other things that I think they could be a little bit more proactive with, like, like I say, fans and misters and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but, look, ultimately, horses are the same as us. They get conditioned to it. Um, and you just got to watch them all the time, you know. Uh, same as humans, some of us can deal with heat and some of us don't deal with heat. So yeah. horses for courses, same as everything with, with training horses, I guess. Because I could never really work it out. They they put in the heat policy and then they make people travel three or four hours to get to the certain venue that the races were at. And actually the horses were travelling to the races in the toughest part of the day, which would be, I, I would imagine, harder on the horse than actually when they get to the races and race. Yeah, 100%. That's, that's always my my biggest thing. I always try to get there as quick as I can and sort of allow myself a little bit of extra time. But look, as I say, I mean, horses, for courses, some horses sweat up really, really badly. And, and they're probably the ones that you sort of got to be mindful of, uh, you know, uh, the weather patterns and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's the same as if you're going to Europe or, you know, you're going, yeah. you know, to the Royal Ascot or whatnot, you know, you're not going to fly a horse there that's, a, you know, a mess that sort of needs earmuffs on and sweats up and whatnot because 20 hours on a plane is just not going to do it justice, you know, and uh, you, you're destined for failure. But So that's the sort of things you've got to factor in when you're training. It's just common sense, really. But, uh, yeah, look, transport's probably the biggest thing because, uh, yeah, hot little sweaty box with, you know, five or six horses, uh all stuck in there side by side, sweating. It's, um, yeah, it's not conducive in 39-degree weather. What about Bleecker Street there? Pikey takes the ride in the fourth race. Yeah, look, Pikey got off him two starts ago and said he 100% he should have won the race. So, uh, you know, I'm guided by him. Um, yeah, can't be happy with the horse's work. We sort of tried to stretch him out to a mile last start, and uh, I just don't think he's quite ready for it. Um, but anyway, it'd be good to have Pikey back on, and um, you know, he'll uh, he'll throw everything, including the kitchen sink, at him in the in the last little bit. And uh, if he's good enough, uh, I don't think it's an overly tough race. I think he's got got some good claims there, and as I say, his work's been excellent. So fingers crossed with him. Can Nike Carter win with Holly Watson on in race six? Yeah, she won two starts ago. Uh, we've sort of been stretching her out in trip. Um, you know, she's a little blue blood filly that we sort of probably will breed from um, down the track. But uh, look, she's got... I've, I've just tried to be a bit sneaky with her. I've just ripped all the weight off her. She'll only carry the 53 kilos. Inside draw, she'll be right on speed. And as you would know, having sort of... Uh, uh, done form over here for a long time. Uh, when the east leads are blowing and it's bloody hot, it's incredibly hard to get past uh, good leaders at Ascot. So I'm just sort of trying to stack all the, you know, stack the deck in my favour. So, but she's had a lot of runs this prep. She's still working well. So we'll just have to see with her. But uh, she's probably got place claims. Yeah, I've got about 15 seconds before the news. My problem is, is that every time I think, well, geez, the leaders are on fire, then the Fremantle docker comes in and. Um... You can't lead all of the way. The swoop has come towards the back end of the meeting. Yeah. Always happens to Don't me, D-Mac. Got much chance. <laughs> yeah, no chance to that this weekend, mate. You're a good man, D-Mac. Thanks for that, brother. Good luck this weekend. Good to chat to you. He's Darren McCall. Always great to catch up with Darren. Quickly approaching 9 o'clock, which means it's news time. And then bag of tips to follow.
um, as we try and find you a winner today across the three codes. So looking forward to that. So don't go anywhere. This is Giddy Up. Thanks to Bet365, the world's favourite online betting company. Gamble responsibly. Call Gambling Hotline on 1-800-858-858. It's news time.